Hey, everybody. Here's up in depth, back in the newsroom, covering the hottest news out of, uh, you know, the Disney company and, and the adjacent companies involved in the making up the... Jeremy, welcome. Thanks, man. How How's you doing? it going? Yeah, thanks. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. That's enough of that. Yeah. Look, uh-huh. man, I was trying. All right. An attempt was I'd, made, right? I appreciate the effort. Yeah. Good to see you, buddy. Looking good. You too. Thanks. You too, as always. Oh, yeah, of course, man. You know, yeah. we're both looking svelte, svelte young gentlemen. Oh, yes, actually. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> so svelte. <laughs> and young. <laughs> yeah. Well, the run Disney... Um, the Disney World Marathon Weekend goes well. I think for I think for the run Di- club run Disney people, it went on sale today. But for all the rest of us normies who don't pay for what a that weird privilege, yeah. it goes on sale a week from today. And I, my, the big debate is happening: Do I run a race, and which ones do I do, and do I do all of them? So. Yeah, because you're usually like an all race guy. Well, I right? normally will do if it's a half marathon weekend, I'll do them all. But um. This is this is there's a full in there. So that would be a half, a 10K, a 5K and a full marathon in four days. I've done it once. It's mm-hmm. the dopey challenge. I just don't. I, I, in January, when they were doing Run Disney Weekend, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it next year. And now that the registration time is here, I'm like, mm. <laughs> that's classic. though. That's everybody where it's like, you know, I'm going to work out today. And then the day drags <laughs> right. on. You're like, well, I don't know. I've had a big lunch. Yeah. I'm going to let yeah. that settle. And then I got it. You know, there's something that's always something to do. Like, well, instead, I'm going to wash the car. And that's enough of card. It's like I always negotiate with myself. You have to. I'm like, you know what? Get off at a subway stop earlier and walk further. And you don't have to go to the gym tonight. Like I tell myself <laughs> things like that. <laughs> and you don't have to run this race. Yeah. You don't have to run a half marathon. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, Walking five blocks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it, man. Uh, before we get into the show, Jeremy, I want to tell you specifically, oh. you know, our, well, our new website's up. And anybody who hasn't listened to the last show, uh, our new website is up. So you go to earsup-podcast.com <laughs> right now and uh, and check it out. We got a new logo. We got a new banner, header thing. I guess that outs me as not having listened to the last show. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your defense, I didn't know about this. I did just post it yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Hold on, bit- I'm on it now. Okay, I want to know what you think because you're a you're a design guy, sort of. I think I really I think it's impactful. Okay, I think it's vastly superior to the previous logo. Oh yeah, hundred percent, dude. Yeah, that's like uh, if you gave a you know a a, a horse, if you give Mister Ed a mouse and a computer and say design a a, a website, the old mm-hmm. website is what he would come up with. Well, that's the other thing is I like how this is kind of like tan and white, like it's brighter. It almost feels like a facelift. The other one was purple and blue, which was cool, but it felt heavy. I agree. Um, but my favorite thing is this sort of stylized interpretation of Main Street USA. Ah, yes. I mean, that is visually stunning. And what I love is I just noticed this ears up sign inside the, the Main Street. You like that? Yeah, yes. I will say that's that was Taryn's idea, and I gave it to my friend Jason, who's a graphic designer, and he threw that all together and redid the logo, and uh, I think it looks great. I'm very, very pleased with it. It looks very sharp, and I also yeah, note you. that um, the colors of Ears Up logo now are the in, same colors as the Ears Up In-Depth logo, <laughs> which was designed by me. That's true. I didn't, that was uh, not purposeful. 
on my part. And may, so maybe he went to the website and like saw it. I don't know what's going on, but he um, saw he's a graphic great. designer. He knows good stuff when he sees it. So he saw that and was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's keep with that theme. That's clearly a very talented person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. Well, anyway, I'm glad you like it. Uh, you know, the website was a long time coming. Um, so if you go there, you know, it always shows the current episode and, you know, uh, all the pages look better. The individual show pages look better. They, everything feels better to me. Um, and that's really what it's about. It needs an you need an archive like you need episode 27. What did we talk about? Like, I want that's what I want. You need a show's archive up there. What do you mean? I mean, if you go to the pages, you can see all the shows for each individual page. So if you go, if you go under the shows and it just says like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, Supreme Resort or whatever, you can see all the, all the shows there. So if I go to ears, uh, if I go to the ears up main show logo, which by the way, is still the churro logo. Oh yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. All right. A list of all the shows. Great. That's what I wanted. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. You did it fast. Well, you know, look, I man, we work hard. The hard part is like, um, in depth and, uh, ears up are the same. Because they're on the same feed, so if you, you're, you're going to get the same look on, on each page. But everybody else is all separated out, so you can go right. dig through there and stuff like that. So, okay. enjoy. Yeah, please to enjoy. Wonderful. All right, Jer, what's going on? I think, uh, who should start? I think you should start. Yeah, okay, I'll start. Yeah. I mean, did you know, before I get into my first actual story... They had their shareholder meeting yesterday, and I'm just all... The last 48 hours, or 24 hours, I've been off the toots because... Um, they said they're going to invest $17 billion in Florida. <laughs> and in the same meeting we're that, doing, he, that we're, we're doing this Bob now. Iger said, oh, sorry, do you not mind talking? <laughs> I was, I was, uh, uh, it's fine. Go ahead. I was okay. just, I was just teasing. I was just, I was interrupting you to tease you. That's all. I thought you were setting me up for that. Um, uh, no, I was going to set cut you up. this out and start again. No, the plan was to set you up, uh, with one of my stories, but, uh, oh, that's fine. fine. Let's go ahead. Oh, right. I was, I think yeah, this is funnier anyway. Oh, yeah. I think everyone's dying laughing. Well, I just like he started off. Bob Iger yeah. says, oh, well, we're going to invest $17 billion in Florida. And I, I read and that. Breath, That's a ton of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Is it over like 10 years or something? Or is it like a span of? I think it's over 10, five or 10 years or something like that. Probably 10. God, and, okay. Which is great news, but I don't believe it. Because mm. talk is cheap. And I feel like they constantly are over-promising and under-delivering because in the same meeting, in the same breath, almost the same breath, he's like, well, as soon as Journey of Moana is done, we're done with the Epcot overhaul. And it's like, really? Because you had this whole plan for Epcot overhaul that was supposed to be the most expensive thing ever. Yeah. And you were going to, you know, they, they, there was going to be a brand new Spaceship Earth, a new attraction for Mary Poppins in the UK, a new movie in china pavilion a play a brand new play pavilion that was going to take over the wonders That's of right. life pavilion. yeah some All shade maybe zero <laughs> better churro of it happened <laughs> yeah. i mean what did you guys get you got little you got little lights on the on the dome we got lights of the epcot ride um you got you got uh ratatouille oh we got a rubber stamp of an already existing attraction from another theme park yeah great yeah thank you and that's that's kind of it oh you got the barges yeah you got the barges right which are going away as of today they're being didn't think it was going to happen every time you said i'm like i there's no way that they invested this much infrastructure for those barges and they're just going to tear them down but i was wrong i'm happy to i'm happy to announce first time i would have 
I would imagine that they're going to repurpose them in some way, yeah, but they I mean, are dismantling yeah. them. That's amazing. There's, bar- there's additional work barges on the water today of the World Showcase Lagoon with like cranes up and they're pulling things off that big ring. So they're gone, baby. And I'm so happy. I love that. Well, what are they going to do? What do you think they're going to do with $17 billion? I mean, to me, you that's, Nothing. A, that's a new theme park. That's a new, that's a new land. That's a new gate. Well, that's multiple theme parks. They're yeah. not doing it. It's a lie. This is all blustering. It's wow. because it's, it's, it's all they do. These blue sky days. Think about all the things that they've promised. If you were going to invest 17 billion, you'd keep going. You'd at least be able to afford a new movie in the China pavilion. Just swap well, out the DVD, guys. That like, is, it's not that hard. That is true. Um, and, you know, every time I hear about budget cuts or things that they can't do because of this or, that or the other thing, I just think back to the things that I heard about the uh, plussing of the line in Haunted Mansion in Disneyland and how they had to just cut it and trim it and trim it and trim it. And then um, they just killed it altogether. It's like, wh- wh- where is $17 billion going to go in Florida? When they don't even want you there. They don't even want you there. <laughs> they don't want them there. Well, that's the thing. Well, he did say he goes, oh, DeSantis is bad for business, but I'm going to invest 17 billion anyway. Like, yeah, that doesn't that's just that's like not congruent. <laughs> he's anti-business and anti-Florida. But I guess and and I was we were talking about this in Discord, actually, I think today, this morning. Um, my thought is, you know, Iger knows DeSantis isn't going to be around forever, but the Disney company will. So they're just playing the long game. It's like, play the long game. yeah, it's almost irrelevant, uh, you know, to some extent about the governorship and who is in charge of the government of Florida because they're just a theme park. You know what I mean? There's like permits you got to pull and you, you know, DeSantis can probably make their life, you know, crazy, which they did through Reedy, Reedy Creek. Um, yeah. And there's a battle going on there, of course. But, I, you know, for the most part, I don't really see the impact of, of any sort of, you know, political, you know, governorship over the Disney theme park anywhere it is. So, I mean, they're going to keep just, growing. It's fine. I just don't see 17 billion happening. I think it's I think it was all for the impact because I do think there's like some saber rattling going on like you said between he and DeSantis. Because think of other things. There was this bright line. We have a high-speed railroad that's all about to open to MCO. You are about to be able to go from Orlando Airport to Miami on a high-speed rail. And it is the next phase of it is going to go from Orlando Airport over to I think we talked about this in an mm-hmm. episode over yeah. to Disney World and Disney World said, we're not building the station. We don't have the money for it. So now it's going to go to Universal. <laughs> and I, think, I think there will be a stop like across the road off Disney property, sure. but it was going to be on Disney property. Disney didn't want to foot the bill. Even worse than that. They're not repainting that castle. Repainting the castle from the 50th anniversary colors isn't in the budget. They don't have money for paint, Jason. They're not <laughs> spending $17 billion. If they had $17 billion, they'd be able to afford a new paint job on the castle. So I, I'm calling his bluff. You it's, heard it here. It's interesting. I mean, why would he? I mean, first of all, $17 billion is a heck of a random number to throw out as a bluff. Why? You know what I mean? It's like, why not 18 or why not 20? That's the genius of it. <laughs> 17.495 billion dollars. Right. And um cuz it does make it sound like he has projects in mind, which of course they do. I mean, they take 5 years to do anything. So they already have some idea maybe if they're if they're going to do it, but it does seem it seems oddly specific to just not ever happen, but then again, you just listed off a, you know, a bunch of stuff that never <laughs> happened. 
Never that happened. Designs and, of four, you know. By the way, we're in the pro. They're in the process of laying off seven thousand people in order to save five and a half billion dollars. Well, so I don't know why he's running around with this blank check. That's the other thing I didn't understand either. It's it's five point five billion dollars is what he wants to cut. So we're killing off seven thousand jobs, and then I also read they're going to hire thirteen thousand jobs in the parks. I don't know what's going on, man. I think, uh, you know, early stages of this kind of stuff, we're just getting numbers and all conjecture. There's nowhere for it to go in our minds, but I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's an outlet somewhere. I just don't know where it is. It doesn't make sense to me, but it just seems also like corporate restructuring because I know like uh, ABC, you know, some executives got the ax. It sounds like there's a lot of executives getting fired and they're going to take that money and maybe, you know, put it to use to hire, you know, cast members on the ground kind of thing hey uh, and if that's true i support it and maybe support that's it part too. of his 17 billion it's <laughs> not going to paint and it's not going to an electrical parade and right. it's not going to all the things that they promised us for epcot it's not going to any of that do you think people do you think the executives like epcot i mean you know you put ratatouille in there so i guess you have to at some point but it just doesn't like it seems like spaceship earth to them is just Epcot. So it gets sort of some attention, but not enough. And then everything else behind it in World Showcase just sort of exists. I think they like it as a moneymaker. I don't think anyone there gets it. And that's why I mm. think it's in the state that it's in. They, the tagline that they gave for it in this overhaul is the magic of possibility, which is a word salad of meaningless <laughs> pap. Well, you so. know, there's a possibility that, <laughs> it, that it will happen. The possibility of seventeen billion dollars. I mean, in in the word, basically, the 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 phrase basically told you it was never going to happen. Like it might, could happen. We could rehaul. I don't know. We'll right. see. You know what? I wonder. F- if- I would love to know. I would love to do a show with you, and have you redesign Epcot. Do like an armchair Imagineering thing, like on the main show, and we'll actually like talk about it. Because I'm very curious, and maybe you can get with uh, some other like you know passionate Epcot fans mm. and let's let i would love to to know what the the diehard epcot people would like to see in that park okay well you know fun. there's the magic of possibility that i would ever do that <laughs> so <laughs> that's true i'll tell you what we're gonna have you and we're gonna have another epcot person you guys are gonna uh we're gonna put you on the supreme resort and you're gonna go attraction by attraction to see which would be better and it's going to be mm-hmm. a 10 year series. No one wants to talk okay. about Epcot with me because I just scream at them. <laughs> it's not pleasant. No one wants to do it. <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, try being nicer, Jeremy. A little too much passion. <laughs> I'm losing it, though. I actually, at this point, I just don't. I'm so, I'm so dead. I'm so over the company. I just don't care about anything anymore. I'm Look, like, I'm, I've been considering getting rid of the station. You have? I'm just done. Oh, man. I'm over it. I'll be honest. God, I'm like dropping bombs here I today. know. I know. I'll be honest with you. I feel the same way. And I've talked about it a little bit on various shows, but um, I don't miss going to the parks. Um, hearing about the content that they're producing, uh, which we'll get to in a bit, I don't care about. And, and in fact, I think some of the decisions they're making and have been making for a couple years now are very bad. And I just don't have the, um, I mean, my thing was always the history of Disneyland. That's what I'm passionate about. I don't care about the brand. I don't like a lot of the stuff the brand did even before the show started. 
I don't know. I guess I've covered the things I want to know. I have like a list of other stuff, the other shows that we're going to do. Um, and I'm not saying we're going to get rid of our show, but it, it does feel just sort of like I, I don't have the, um, the, I don't know, the drive to support the company by doing research, if that makes any sense. Hmm. I just, I don't know. It's, I've sort of soured a little bit because it just seems like, well, here we're going to rehash every story we've ever done. We're going to cut every cool thing out of the budget. And, um, you know, yeah, like paint. I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I'm with you on that too. But it, it amazes me how they're just, they keep setting records. They keep, you know, blowing the gates out. They keep stuffing those parks. And it's, you know, I don't know. Nostalgia is yeah. a heck of a drug, man. Sure is. I don't know. Speaking Let's get of some news, yes. I feel like we haven't even talked about news and we're we already, we're already whining, uh, kvetching. We're in our mode. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, though, summer, Jeremy's right around the corner and our friends at the 21st Amendment are celebrating the return of the warmer days with their popular and everyone's favorite seasonal beer, Hell or High Watermelon Wheat. The brewers at the 21st Amendment brew an American wheat beer with real watermelon juice, creating a refreshing, fruity and quenching beer or what they affectionately call summer in a can hell or high watermelon wheat will make any weekend barbecue or beach time activity that much better when visiting the california bay area be sure and stop in at the 21st amendment san francisco brew pub at 563 2nd street just two blocks from where baseball is played at uh that's giant stadium for those of you who don't know and also be sure and visit their brewery tap room just across the bay in san leandro with an outdoor beer garden which is Love where that place we were yeah. so fun oh it's a great place it's a great space. The uh, the brew pub at uh, in San Francisco is awesome too. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's very um, sort of homey. Feels good. Feels good in there. You know, you go to like some places. Just it's it's too like um, uh, the big community tables, and it's just sort of like too open. If that makes sense. Uh, this was done in the the era of there's a lot of wood. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there's like mm. individual tables, and it's more like a restaurant. It's cool. Okay. I like it too. A big open kitchen in the back. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's good. They have a loft upstairs. It's fun. Anyway, go ahead. Let's do some news, Jer. They're changing the words to not offend sensitive turds. So just so you know, this story is dripping in my own sarcasm and opinions. Okay. Um, so you may not agree, but that's too bad. In a, the little, this is about the live action remake of The Little Mermaid. It's in the news. It's been in the news. I feel like we have been talking about this film for years, and I'm like, can it just debut already? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> There's so much controversy. Yeah, there's so much controversy about this movie that hasn't even opened yet. Well, here's more. Okay, good. I love it. In a recent interview with Vanity Fair, the film's composer, Alan Menken, who was composer on the original. Yeah. He revealed that there would be tweaks to the lyrics of some of our favorite songs, including Kiss the Girl and Poor Unfortunate Souls. There are, uh, this is what Menken said, there are some lyrics in Kiss the Girl because um, there are some lyric changes in Kiss the Girl because people have gotten very sensitive about the idea that Prince Eric would in any way force himself on Ariel, Mencken said. Well, ta let's take a listen to where Eric is allegedly forcing himself on Ariel number one. It's you want her. Look at how you know you do. Possible she want you to. There is one way to ask her. It don't take a word, not a single word. Go on and kiss the girl. 
sing with me now. Have you seen the movie recently? Or have you seen the movie? Yeah, I've seen the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, have I seen the movie recently? I don't know. It's been on because of Alice, but uh, sure. I, I'm sure I'm f- familiar with the scene. Yeah, they're in a boat, right? And Sebastian's trying to yes. like serenade uh, to make Eric do it, which I never really understood anyway, because it's like, are they magic? Just singing this dumb song is going to not a dumb song, but singing the song is going to just suddenly he can't hear it, but he it's going to push him to kiss this this person. Well, they're Seems creating weird. a romantic atmosphere. Oh, okay, I don't know anything about that. I'm Greek. I'm not romantic. I'm- but I'm going to tell you, I want to stop right here because Ariel is the problem here, not Eric. She forced her way into his life. He- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy that you, that you went this route with it. Go ahead, please continue. Prince Eric is not courting her. He is a prince. He is a handsome prince. In fact, this whole thing was arranged because he felt bad that she was homeless on the beach. She washes up the entire time. Eric actually thinks, well, he's on this day out with Ariel where he takes tour of the kingdom and then they end up in the canoe. His mind is actually on another girl who he thinks is another girl. He's looking for the girl with the voice, not this mute fish that washed up on shore that oh, he's just that's... giving a, a place to live. So he's actually like, where's the girl? Where is she? Yeah, that's And he's true. like, oh, well, she's here. So he's like, okay, well, let me show you around. Just being <laughs> nice. Right. Ariel is at best a stalker. <laughs> she is a stage four <laughs> clinger. <laughs> she's in his house yeah he ain't in her house how'd she get there oh she swam up climbed on his boat stared at him <laughs> she's got a statue of his likeness in some cave that she hangs out with and talks to <laughs> well yeah okay yeah and then she ingratiates him herself gets thrown on a beach and just uh, while he just happens to be walking along the beach oh help me and now she's there in his house at his dinner and she's got all of her animal friends trying to convince him to kiss her that she is the problem here uh you know that is that is a fresh take jeremy i'm gonna I'll, I'll, i'll say that fresh take it's literally the plot of the movie it is yeah you're right it is i don't know how you could like that's what happened yeah she has that uh, so she's trying to convince him to kiss her, which, by the way, like, I don't know if anyone's been on a date recently, but sometimes oh, sure. you just feel the moment and you kiss. Right. No one's like, would you mind if I kissed you now? Is that OK? Do I have your consent? You're in a boat. There's music. There's mm-hmm. lights twinkling. You lean in and you kiss. Right. Guys, it, that's how it works. Yeah. If you get the vibe, the twinkle in the eye, the, maybe the playing of the hair, whatever, right? The shy little up look. That's a cue. There's there's cues for it. I mean, I know I've missed cues. Everybody has. You know what I mean? And so, you're, oh man, that was a perfect time. Whatever. Sometimes you nail the cue. You're like, hell yeah, dude, yeah. got it. Yeah, it's called you, human interaction. It's not. He's not raping her. Let's right. Just all get get a hold of ourselves. So what? So they're changing it. What are they changing it to? They're, we don't know. That hasn't debuted yet. But the lyric, what they're saying is these lyrics suggest that Prince Eric doesn't need, because he's going to go in and kiss her, he doesn't need her verbal consent to kiss her, which, of course, he does. But there's the slight issue of the fact that she can't speak. So what? Alan Menken, 
um, says, oh, sorry, you were going to say something. Go ahead, because I'm going to get on to the next song. I find it weird that people would want, and I'm not going to blame Alan Menken for this. I'm going to blame Disney telling him to change it. But I would feel, I find it weird that you want consent because it's not like, it's not like she's, um, you know, being held captive, right? She has an opportunity to say no. You know what I mean? Like she can, you know, if, if you go in and have you ever gone in to kiss somebody and they go, nah, bro, sorry, dog. Um, yeah. I mean, not, I've never had that, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh God, <laughs> yeah. but I could imagine how, how devastating it would be to You've somebody yeah. how that, well, but it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like you, you go in is the question you're asking the question, right? You're leaning in. Hey bro, is it a bro, but you know, what I mean? Hey, is this okay? And if the, if you're received well, then that's okay. If you're not, no one's going to sit there and go, I really don't want this man to kiss me, but I'm being kissed anyway, so I'm just going to do it. Because it takes the problem with a lot of this criticism on Disney princesses and stuff is people are trying They're Ultimately, I think they're trying to do good in the action of elevating, uh, you know, the struggles and, and whatever. Right. But I think what they're doing is they're taking the onus away from the Disney princesses that they're trying to protect and they're making them more fragile than they need to be. There's no Ariel does not need protection in this scenario. If she doesn't want to be kissed, she can say no. And that's okay too. It, you know what I mean? It by by the fact that saying that you need to adjust the song to imply consent sort of changes Prince Eric's character into more lecherous and gropy than he was. Like he was just sort of like an in, like an innocent sort of doofus. You know? Yeah, he was. He is in love with someone else. He thinks he has another girl. He's just yeah. taking her out for a nice day. She right. is. She and her animal friends are in an attempt to seduce him so right. that he kisses her, so she gets her voice back and can become a human because she, she is. She identifies as a human. She's obsessed with humanity. So yeah, she is all using to satisfy him. this weird right. obsession she has. Right. But suddenly, by changing it and by announcing you're changing the lyrics, it it changes the motivation of Ariel, I think. And it changes the, it gives her a weakness when she didn't have a weakness before. Right. It's as though he caught her in some dolf, uh, some fishnet like a dolphin. Right. And now he's captured her and is forcing her in his boat. It's the <laughs> yeah, complete right. opposite. is true. So we have another song. Alan Menken says, we have some revisions in Poor Unfortunate Souls regarding lines that might make young girls somehow feel that they shouldn't speak out of turn. Oh. Okay. So here are the lyrics okay. that Ursula says to, um, to Ariel. She right. says, come on, they're not all that impressed with conversation. Two gentlemen avoid it when they can. But they don't and swoon and fawn on a lady who's withdrawn. It's she who holds her tongue who gets a man. Now, any idiot with gray matter between their ears knows that this is advice not being dispensed by a benevolent character. <laughs> right. It's a villain manipulating Ariel. It's bad advice. She's deliberately manipulating her in order to get her to sign her life away. Exactly. So who is thinking that that's what that is saying? No one. Everyone knows that she's giving her the opposite of what you should do. That's called storytelling. Mm hmm. It's, right. It, what it no, is. I understood that in fourth grade when this movie came out. <laughs> right. No, yes. I, I don't know anybody who legitimately thinks that this is uh, Ariel going, oh, maybe I shouldn't say anything. 
it's it, you're right. It, it is changing. It. it is Ursula saying, if you want the man like you do, this is the reason why I'm going to take your voice, because this is the benefit of me. I'm doing you a favor by removing your voice, because this is this is how it's going to work. He's going to love you even more because you're not saying anything. Right. It is bad advice and it's not correct, right. but she believes it. It's that motivate. It's a plot driver. It moves you into what the second act or whatever, where it's like, because otherwise there's no push for her to go. She can't go anywhere. So this is the mechanism for her to be able to go up to the surface to, to go for the, for act two of the rest of the story. If she didn't have this, if she didn't get legs, she couldn't do it. And the story right. wouldn't exist. It's just a motivator. That's it. She didn't, and to be honest with you, she didn't really need that much motivation. The girl's already swimming up there. She's a, a sick obsession with him. She's <laughs> clearly got a disorder. This cross She's species socially thing. Socially awkward. Right. She has no, her sisters hate her. She can't go show up on time. She's got problems, this girl. Okay. And she yeah. thinks all of her answers are up above the ocean. Well, they're not. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's just me. This is like, this is like blaming the mechanic of, of, of a car in a horror movie for breaking down. You know what I mean? It's like, I just, I don't know, right. man, you're going to rewrite every horror movie. You're going to rewrite, uh, I don't know, Jeepers Creepers because the, the driver of the bus didn't pay attention. I, I don't know, man. It just doesn't make, doesn't make sense. Well, it's like our young boys taking life lessons from Scar. Like, no, this isn't, it, they're bad. They're, they're villains. Yeah. They well, say I, things that aren't right and I, they manipulate the good. I tried to kill my brother uh, because of Scar. So, well, you know. okay, Matt, I spoke too soon. Yeah. This is not the first time the original source material has been mischaracterized. Actress Halle Bailey, who is portraying Ariel in the upcoming live action remake, recently had some comments. She says, quote, oh, I'm really excited for my version of the film. Oh, she wrote it. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, this is hers. So oh, good. Anyone else's All right. God bless uh, of the film, because we've definitely changed that perspective of her of just her wanting to leave the ocean for a boy. It's way bigger than that. OK, so Halle Bailey has never seen the original movie, as far as I'm concerned, to right. say that Ariel just wants to leave the ocean for a boy is such a gross misreading of the plot and the story of that movie. It's ridiculous. In the movie they show you, Ariel has a long history of being enthralled by the human world. Yes. Well before Prince Eric, well before she discovers her latest victim, Prince Eric, she's <laughs> right. going up there. Right. She has a collection of human artifacts that she's amassed from shipwrecks. King Triton scolds her. He says, you went up to the surface again, didn't you? That was the time she saw Eric. So this is clearly something she's been up to for some time. And indeed, she sings an entire song called... It's not about Eric. She doesn't sing a song to Prince Eric. She sings mm -hmm. a song, part of your world. She, this is about her motives and her motivations. She wants to be a part of that human world. She wants feet. She wants to dance. She wants to play all day in the sun. These are the lyrics. So I find it galling. I mean, I did one of my, that, that the actress who is playing this character has such yeah. a distinctive misunderstanding of what this movie and story is really, yeah. really about. I did one of my longer Spectro Time segments on the making of the music. I remember it. It was very impactful. It was one of the first times you played like demo tapes. Demo tapes. Yeah, those were amazing. I still think about those. And when I, I mean, I remember when I did that, I was choking up reading back what I had written because, you know, Howard Ashman through the, was sort of discovered through the process of while he was creating that. 
Howard Ashman did the lyrics, Alan Menken did the music. They were like this dynamic duo. Howard Ashman died of AIDS not long after yeah, that's the, right. the movie came out. So it like his his symptoms were starting to manifest during this, but he pushed through. So you've got Howard Ashman and Alan Menken's creative talent, you, the talents of Jody Benson, all the creatives on uh, who put that who brought that film to life. By the way, that original film deserves credit for bringing the Walt Disney Company to where it is today. It ignited the Disney animation renaissance of the 1990s. It get, put the company on firm footing for for Eisner because they were constantly trying to not be taken over by other companies. They needed money. Mm-hmm. This movie did that. And now you've got this Halle Berry comes along and diminishes it, talks about how great her version of the film is. And by the way, these songs that they're changing, yeah. Howard Ashman and Alan Menken won Oscars for their work on this film. Under the Sea won two Academy Awards for Best Original Song and Best Original Score, or and, and they won for Best Original Score. And um, Kiss the Girl, the song that they're changing, received nominations both for an Oscar and a Golden Globe. So these are well-respected works by talented uh, musicians. I, Alan Menken is towing the line because I believe because he wants to be paid. Oh, sure. His, like he's got to tow the Disney company line. So he's yeah. like, yeah, we're going to, but like, I don't actually think that he believes that, but obviously that's up to him. Um, so I don't know. I'm a little annoyed by it all. I'm super annoyed by it all. I, I, I think, you know, and I, I do want to be clear. I, I think that there's room for reinterpretation. I think there's room for uh, reflecting on history and correcting it. I think for something like this that has been misinterpreted, I think it highlights a greater danger of the uh, accessibility to redefining history. You know what I mean? It's it's too we're too easy. We're too free with it. This movie is I, is one of the movies that anytime anybody goes, oh, Disney princesses are so helpless. They always need a man. This is one of the movies, like one of the three movies that people pick out. And we, I've been saying it for years on these shows. Ariel is not after a man. She's after being human. Like you said, part of your world, not, not Prince Eric's world, the human world. She's singing to the general you, the royal you of human being, humankind, right? That's what she's doing. And it's, it, it's weird that, that people haven't figured it out or haven't let themselves figure it out. She is, I, she is not a victim in any of this, except falling prey to Ursula. That's it. And bad parenting. I mean, Triton isn't necessarily the best father in the world. You know what I mean? Well, he's clearly absent. Uh, but I agree with you. I do think that if there's wrongs, they should be righted. If we're, if we're, if we're reinforcing bad stereotypes, all those things should be, re- should be corrected. But in our zeal to do this, mm-hmm. uh, I think, and, and, and also in a lot of people's zeal to virtue signal, I think we're doing it in places where it doesn't need to happen. And yeah. I think that they're doing it here and i don't i don't think that like do and then i think the problem is you end up hurting art hurting um you know you you end up washing out the stories making them bland and that's not good for anybody well right and inherently in drama there needs to be conflict either it's emotional conflict or conflict uh you know you against the environment or you against another person there has to be conflict otherwise there is no story there is no drama there is nothing driving this the vehicle of content, right? So it, you could leave all the sto- all the songs the same, not adjust them at all, but you can make slight tweaks to the scene. Maybe maybe give Prince Eric a line or two, or maybe give Sebastian a line or two. 
you know, or whatever, right? Or maybe maybe give Ariel, well, you can't give Ariel a line in that or whatever, but like maybe she's like, I hope he kisses me or something, something, right? Some motivator that just sort of corrects it a little bit. But to change the lyrics of the songs, which is, I would guess, I would say, one of the main reasons people like this movie in the first place. The songs are amazing. Why are you yeah. gonna, you can't change them. I mean, what's the lyric going to be? Come on now, don't be shy and get her permission first. Whoa, whoa. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe it's not, maybe we're blowing out of proportion. Maybe it's going to be a slight little change. We're never really going to notice. Uh, but it's the fact that they're messing with it is weird, especially in a movie that doesn't need it. If anything, Prince Eric needs to be protected. Well, they're messing with it, but they're talking about it. They're not sliding this in. It's not like people are going to discover this. Mm-hmm. They're out there in the press tooting their horns about changing it. So it's deliberate and it's a, it's a it virtue. Is, signal. It is virtue signal. That's yeah. why I have a pro. That's why I also have a problem with it. And I just think when you're doing these things, we should use our discretion and we should be prudent so that you're not because Disney's been getting accused of going too far. And I think this mm. is this will build on that narrative that they go too far with this kind of thing because it's not prudent. What I think they should have done is kept it the same, but instead of Alan Macon giving the interview saying, oh, this is why we changed it, he should be explaining the scene to people and say, look, in the history of this movie, especially recently, we've had a lot of people misinterpreting this scene. So we're going to leave everything the same, but this is what's happening in the scene. So when you guys get to to the live action one, this is exactly what's happening. Prince Eric is, you know, he doesn't really care. You sort of, you, you can sort of tell he's falling for Ariel, but he's still not really thinking about her. Sebastian's trying to set the mood with some romantic music, and that's what's happening. That's it. He's her wingman. Basically, yes, exactly. Yeah, so that's what I would have rather seen. But, you know, I don't know. I, you know, uh, virtue signaling is, is one way to put it. I've also, uh, my favorite phrase is trauma collecting, where you sort of collect oh. trauma for other people. Where, like, it doesn't right. impact you, but you think it impacts other people. So, therefore, you're going to, like, toot the horn of, of, you know, social responsibility, which is, like, cool. And, again, that's great. I'm all for it. We should be progressive. We should move forward as a, as a human race and make sure that everybody feels good and feels seen and feels welcomed. But drama and story there's no place for uh for everybody feeling good because there's no story there there's no drama there's no conflict there's no clash there you have to absolutely have somebody uh somebody to to feel a certain type of way in order for a story to move forward you can't you, you otherwise you can't what are you going to do change star wars because uh aunt baru and uh, Uncle Owen got killed by stormtroopers. Is that going to offend people who are orphaned? Is it going to offend people who have parents who identify as stormtroopers? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be, I, I don't know. It's just, there's, if you change stuff like this based on misinterpretation, you're going to, you're, you, it's a weird precedent. Weird. Let's take a break. <laughs> All right. Hang on, everybody. It's in depth. We'll be right back. In-depth, reporting Disney news that's probably not made up. All right, welcome back, everybody. All right, Jerry, I'm going to jump into some news, huh? Or is it you? Is it me? I forget. No, it's you. It's me. All right. I spent the first 45 minutes of the show screaming about (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that's probably true. Um, you may or may not know, but uh, the Tron Light Cycle run uh, opened in uh, in in um, what is it called? Magic Kingdom. It's had a million openings. They had the cast member <laughs> opening, soft opening. Like it keeps opening because every day they're like, "Oh my god, it's the first day! We can't believe it's." And I'm like, "It's been open for three weeks, guys. What well, are you talking about?" Now it's open to the public. Oh yeah. So today, Tuesday, April fourth, is the very first day. Uh, open to the public, Tron Light Cycle Run. And, uh, of course, it's one of two rides that have Lightning Lane access. The other is Seven Dwarves Mine Train, which I f- sort of find hard to believe that Magic Kingdom only has two rides with uh, Lightning Lane. I think they, the two is the maximum that they're doing at any park. Really? I thought I thought Disneyland had more. I guess not. Well, that makes sense somehow. I think, yeah, I think that that was like a thing. They were only going to have two lightning lane maximum. And I think Epcot Uh, only, oh no, Epcot might have two. Hard to say. Okay. Yeah. But I think that was the thing too. What I don't understand about this whole lightning lane thing is, is the ability to purchase lightning lane tickets before the park opens. So apparently the lightning lane passes for Tron sold out before the park even opened. So if you're going to the park thinking, oh, you're going to buy a lightning lane pass or whatever for Tron on the opening day, you're out of luck. Uh, the uh, You could buy individual lightning lane passes beginning at 7 in the morning, yeah, but they right. would have been available to regular guests at 9 if they had not yeah. sold out before then. Um, to regular guests? What does yeah, that mean? I don't So it wasn't know. to the public then? I guess it was, uh, I guess it, you, you buy Genie Plus, I think you can buy lightning lane ahead of time, I guess. I think that's what okay. it is. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You can buy Lightning Lane through Genie Plus, but then if you're there, then you can buy individual Lightning Lane tickets or whatever. I don't know. What a simple, convenient, and easy to use system. <laughs> right. The light, well, this is why they did it. The Lightning Lane uh, tickets were priced at $20 a piece. So all of these people, I mean, they made a lot of money just for something they were handing out for free, you know, two, three years ago. 20 bucks mm-hmm. and it sold out the first day before anybody else could even get into the park. Sounds like a fun vacation. Yeah. Uh, it says what? guests can also ride. By Tron. the way, you have to set your alarm to set it to wake up at 7 a.m. Oh, even before that also seems real fun on vacation. <laughs> right. Uh, guests can also ride Tron light cycle run using the virtual queue, which opens at 7 a.m. and 1 p.m. for all guests. And apparently it was booked within seconds in the morning. On Monday, March 20th, which is the soft opening, individual lightning lane sold out at 7 a.m. And the days following, it sold out before 9.30. That was all I, that was really the, the story. You know what I mean? Is, uh, I just, the lightning lane thing doesn't seem like it was put in place to, for guest convenience. It seems like it was definitely put in place for, uh, you know, for the budget, just to make money. And it's weird where these, these sort of like new systems I don't know, sort of don't work out for the guests the way they should. I think it's right, weird. Does, I think it's wrong that you could buy these things before the park even opened. Well, and does that mean, is there no standby line? Um, no, I think there's a standby line. Like, you could still, you know, wait in the normal line. I don't think so. Really? I mean, I don't know. Nothing that I've read says that, so I, I don't because know if, for sure, but I, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Because didn't you say that it had virtual queue? It has lightning lane and virtual queue and virtual queue. So if there's yeah. virtual queue, there's no standby line. You can't just walk up. You're either lightning lane or virtual queue. Oh, you're right. Yes. So if I you're can't. not in the virtual queue, right. 
which you said sold out at 7 a.m. also. Yeah. Okay, well, then it reopens at 1. I wonder how many people got You're not getting on on the ride. It's not happening. No, I mean, and to be honest with you, any new ride, I'm not going to go for the first month or two. There's no way. No, absolutely not. Because you're waiting three, four hours to go on a thing that lasts less than six minutes. Well, never mind. There was a joke. I'm not going to. RGH is confirming my assertion that no standby virtual queue is the standby. See, there you go. Apparently, the uh, Tron Light Cycle Run is, uh, was originally from Shanghai Disney and is the fastest roller coaster in Disney World. With speeds of just under 60 miles an hour, Tron Light Cycle Run is one of the fastest rides in Walt Disney World and certainly the fastest roller coaster you'll find in Magic Kingdom. Ma- oh, well, there's only three. <laughs> well, right. Uh, Space Mountain uh, goes 27 miles an hour. Mm. This thing seems incredibly fast. I mean, yeah. if you com- compare it to Space Mountain, Space Mountain is like, it's a comfortable pace, but 60 miles an hour? Come on, man. That's insane. It's insane. Greg Johnson, show technical production manager at uh, WDI, shared that Tron Light Cycle Run is, quote, the fastest roller coaster we've ever built at WDI. Well, people are, that's, that's certainly a selling point, I suppose, but people are also complaining that the duration of the line is, of the ride is very fast, meaning you're on it and it's over really quickly. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a big complaint. It's funny because, like, you know, a lot of these rides aren't very long to begin with. Um, on the last show, we sort of did a, a video walkthrough of all the changes to um, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And it's a six and a half minute video, but half of the video is the queue. So, like, the experience is six minutes, but right. the ride is under three, it feels like. I think this ride is 90 seconds, if not less. <laughs> Can you imagine paying $20 for 90 seconds of, of a ride? I, I mean, I couldn't. I, I, I wouldn't do it. No, it'll be years before I ever get on this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I still haven't gone on Guardian's coaster at Epcot. I hear it's good, though. Is it, there's, do they have a big line, or do you even care? It has a virtual queue. So you can never see the you don't see the line. You have to get on the virtual queue. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's like, oh, get on the virtual queue. I'm like, what? Yeah. And and learn allegedly, something. that's somewhere in the app. And like, I just don't have time. I, when someone says go on the virtual queue, I'm like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on Soren and have a great <laughs> effing time. Right. I don't need you in your virtual queue. Go away. Yeah. It's not going to ever go away. So you might as well get on board with it. Okay. Well, and I'll just keep going on Soren and living with the land and be perfectly happy. You would too. Yes, I will. Yeah. Don't act like you're so above it. You living Mr. with I the land. The benches. Oh, I love the benches. Give me yeah. a bench. So anything. you're right there with me. You and I. Oh, for exactly sure. Yeah, yeah. Living with the land and the the benches are basically the same ride, but the benches you get more out of it. You learn more about humanity from with the living benches than you ever will living with the land. Tilapia and tank. Is literally moving benches. It's moving benches. Yeah, it's moving benches if you have, uh, you know, door-to-door salesmen coming at you and go, invest in a green future? I don't know. Uh, um, also on uh, today, which is uh, conveniently, like I said, the opening of Tron Light Cycle, uh, whatever the heck it is, Disney Genie Plus at Disney World sold out on sale for $35 today. Disney Genie mm-hmm. Plus sold out. And it's the record. It's the it's the the highest it's ever been. The previous record was twenty nine dollars. Okay. Disney Genie Plus sold out just before ten a.m., which apparently is 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 a record pace 
<laughs> for that service. People are eating this up. And this is, this is the, the, the problem that I have. This is the disconnect of, you know, you go online, listen to schlubs like us, and we go, this is weird. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. This, the company should not be after this much money. But nobody cares. The people going to the parks don't care. Which is fine. I mean, if you have the money to do it, and this is what you want to do and something you enjoy doing, I'm happy for you. I, I appreciate the fact that you are having a great life. I love that for you. I just don't get it. But let's also add a little perspective. It is spring break week. It is Easter week. Traditionally, there, there are three weeks in Disney World where the parks always. This normally would be a week where the park would reach capacity. And they would shut, you know, Christmas to New Year's, Easter and July 4th were the times when the park would reach capacity. So this isn't unusual. It's just unusual that we have Genie Plus during this time. Okay. And we are in a post-pandemic revenge travel thing. I stand by that. And I've been Late stage long time pandemic. And I still, yeah. And I, <laughs> I still think yeah. that this isn't lasting forever. And I think they know they've got a problem, which is why there's the discounts on the merchandise, which is why there's the discounts on the hotels coming up in fall. 30% off for pass holders in fall at Disney hotels. Wow. That's huge. A problem coming. Yeah. I'm telling you, I still stand by it. This I is agree. Easter. It's going to happen. That's true. That's a good point. All right, Jared, what you got? Disney's division for the metaverse just got loaded into a virtual hearse. <laughs> <laughs> Disney is getting out of the metaverse. Have you heard about this one? <sighs> a little bit. Yeah. It makes me so happy. It does. I think the metaverse is so stupid. I think it's stupid, but I think there's room for 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 virtual reality Disney attraction. I remember when they kind of announced this and we talked. That's how long we've been doing this show. Yeah. And we were talking about it and you were like, well, Jeremy, they have to do it. They have to be. <laughs> everybody's doing it. They have to. They God. have to look forward. And I was like, God, OK. Is that a sound bite? Is that a clip you pulled from the show? Exactly. Yeah, number one. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. That's, oh. like, that's how all Californians sound to me. Oh, yeah. While we're waiting for the next wave. <laughs> I, it makes me happy that they're pulling out of this. The whole idea is so stupid. Under CEO Bob Iger's new cuts to the company, Disney has eliminated its metaverse division, which was headed by a guy named Mike White, who previously was in charge of Disney's consumer experiences and platforms. All 50 of the employees in that division have been let go as part of the division elimination, except for Mike White. He gets to keep his job. He of course. He'll, yeah. he'll stay. He's, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, as part of the larger cut of approximately 7,000 jobs that we talked about earlier in an effort to save $5.5 billion in expenses. According to CNBC, Disney, like most companies in 21, hopped onto the Metaverse hype train after Facebook changed its name to Meta and outlined bold claims to create a new digital world. Former CEO Bob Chapek established, this is the thing, like, they hear it, it's like, oh, Metaverse, what? Then no one even knows what it is, right? Right. But they're like, we got to do it. So, like, immediately Chapek's like, make a division. It's like, no one even knows what, what this is. No one knows what you're talking about. I mean, about. So it, that's why. It, they just pump money into it. They do. And it sort of makes sense, though, because you have a company as large as Facebook announcing this is where they're moving to. Let's explore it. Yeah. Let's figure it out. It sounds dumb. It does. It does it's sound dumb. for a big company to be dumb. Correct. But here, but so I, th I think two things. One, the metaverse is Facebook's little corner of virtual reality. So I think like the metaverse in this context isn't necessarily the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I do, like I said, I do think there's space and there's, I think there's demand for Disney parks experiences within virtual reality. 
you know, and it sounds like this board was just 50 people that were just exploring tools. And they were trying to figure out what to do or whatever. I think there's, there's, there would be a great demand for it. But I don't know the numbers of who has, you know, virtual reality goggles and who doesn't and, you know, whatever. Well, it's interesting. I'm going to get to that. Chapek told employees in a memo at the time that White's task was connecting the physical and digital worlds for Disney Entertainment. Chapek said, suffice it to say, our efforts today are merely a prologue to a time when we'll be able to connect the physical and digital worlds even more closely, allowing for storytelling, because that's all they do now, uh, without boundaries in our Disney own Disney metaverse. Well, so far, connecting digital and physical worlds hasn't gone so well for the Walt Disney <laughs> Company. The guests have expressed constant complaints about their Genie Plus app meant to enhance the guest experience digitally, with uh, many finding it an expensive, annoying app. They can't even get apps right, okay? It's How true. do you get apps right on phones? We've had iPhones for 15 <laughs> years. Maybe get that right and then work about the digital virtual universe. It does feel like they're, they've tried to pack too many options within that app and it feels like they don't work well with one another yeah that's oh, it's what it sounds like error yeah. prone but it hasn't been a terribly successful venture for meta formerly facebook either so far the gamble hasn't paid off only 20 million of their quest headsets have been sold nowhere close to zuckerberg's goal of a billion users uh, on march 14th mark zuckerberg of meta announced that they were laying off 10 thousand workers joining a 11,000 that had been laid off four months prior. So not much happening over there. A recent article in New York Magazine described the experience of going into Zuckerberg's metaverse. Here are some highlights from that article. The author says, the first thing that strikes me when I enter the metaverse is the people, the avatars. Where are their effing legs? (laughs) The metaverse seems sort of desolate, like an abandoned mall. While some people have experienced harassment in Horizon Worlds, which is what uh, Facebook calls its metaverse, Horizon mm-hmm. World, the major problem is kids. Yes. Under 13s aren't supposed to use the headset, but the app is overrun with children occupying their parents' avatars, meaning that cons- conversations are constantly interrupted by apparent adults asking you in high-pitched voices if you like poop. <laughs> and two, polls to decide if the poop person should be removed. Um, <laughs> One article I read said that 2022 was the year of the metaverse until it wasn't. So uh, it just isn't happening. No one seems to be drawn to this. There isn't the demand that you seem to claim, Jason. The metaverse seems to have faded, at least for now. Companies, including Disney, are tightening their belts for more tangible returns. Well, two things. Number one, (laughs) I don't remember. Number two. Um, virtual reality doesn't necessarily need to be the metaverse or anything or any communal space. If you just had a, a either photorealistic or yeah, photorealistic tour of the parks or of a ride, if you put Indiana Jones and you map 3d mapped it and threw it up on the Oculus webpage for 20 bucks or the marketplace for 30 bucks, you would make a killing. Because people would go in there all day. You could sit and look at the queue because the queue is the best part of the ride. You go to the ride, you do the whole thing. If they put, if they, if they 3D mapped every ride, you buy an annual pass to go to whatever. You can, you can market it a hundred different ways. People would buy that. People would be super into it. If you could just go to the parks and have nobody there and you could walk around and just look at stuff. There's a big market for that. So I think VR is a li- is different than the metaverse. They're both they both live in VR, but 
Metaverse is more like communal space, office, whatever, have meetings in it, hang out with people, be in these virtual spaces and get harassed by, you know, 13-year-olds talking about poop. But Disney didn't use the word virtual reality. They used no. the word metaverse. I agree. And I think I think they use the word metaverse because that's that's now what it is. It's like Xerox or aspirin, right? That's my thought. Oh, okay. I don't know. And I mean it it could be, and I don't know, obviously, but it could be that Chapek was trying to just hitch their cart to the horse that is the Facebook metaverse because there's a big push for that, so they know, okay, we want to be one of the first people in this space. So I mean I don't know I sort of get it but like it is it was a lot of money to spend I mean it it was it's like anything digital that's new these days you have to take it with a grain of salt now especially like look at NFTs when I see companies still dealing with NFTs or still marketing NFTs like what are you doing like the NFL is talking about NFTs I'm like what are you talking about nobody's buying these things get out of town. Nobody well, cares anymore. Those were those came out. We talked about those here. We we're like, that's yeah. dumb. No one's doing it. Like it, it's Disney a flash talked about pan. doing that too. Yeah, right. it's this. This it's is dumb. To, so this is the same thing. Metaverse is just that. Yeah, I you agree. Have to produce things that people want. I agree. But like I said, I want a virtual reality, photorealistic, if not, you know, straight up video camera version of my favorite rides. And I would sit there and I would pay $30 to put on my virtual headset and sit in the haunted mansion and just hang. I would do it. I would do it. I would okay. sit there and I'd ride that ride every friggin' night, virtually. Wow. I'd ride my top three rides every day. Pay for it. I don't care. I would never. I wouldn't do that for free. That sounds awful to me. Oh, it, have, you, have you ever put on a virtual reality headset? Have you ever done that? No. Dude. I want to ship you mine just so you can experience it. It is awesome. It's clunky. It's a little weird, but it is very, very cool. Like I have the, uh, there's a Star Wars virtual reality game. I think it's Galaxy's Edge or something. I don't know what, I forget what it's called. Awesome. It, it, the graphics aren't great because you just, the, the processor's in this little headset. It's not perfect, but it's cool. You look around, you're like, whatever. And you kind of, there's some clipping and stuff going on. But it's awesome. It's a cool environment. If they just made that into the park, perfect. Be great. Be awesome. Love it. Mm. I like to hate on Disney for a lot of stuff. Metaverse stuff I thought was smart. And I think it's actually ill-advised to get rid of the whole department. You can trim it, but I don't think they should have gotten rid of it. Well, I guess that's what makes the world go around. Because everything you're describing sounds awful. Hellish. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, a hellscape that is awful and sounds terrible. Disney Studios have teamed up with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Again? Again, to develop, and I just, I don't know, man, a live-action remake of the 2016 runaway hit Moana. Just a frame of reference, for those of you in the future, maybe listening to this, the year is currently 2023. Mm -hmm. So, for those of you keeping track at home, that's a nine-year difference between the animation 2016 the animated movie coming out right nine year no do well, math to the announcement seven, seven years, years. Yeah. yeah seven years between the announcement of this and the release of the movie they're already doing a remake after seven years a live action remake of moana 
Johnson plans to return to the role of Maui, the grandiose demigod of the wind and sea. He will produce, uh, via his Seven Bucks Productions, along with Danny Garcia and Hiram Garcia, Bo Flynn produces with uh, Flynn Picture Company. Jared Bush, who wrote the screenplay for the original movie, is back to write the remake, along with Dana Ledoux Miller. No director is involved at this stage of development. Disney CEO Bob Iger and Johnson shared the news during Disney's annual shareholder meeting on Monday. Quote, this story is my culture, and this story is emblematic of our people's grace and warrior strength, said Iger. No, wait, that has to be Johnson. (laughs) Kidding. That was a joke, everybody. I wear this culture proudly on my skin and in my soul. And this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reunite with Maui, inspired by the mana and spirit of my late grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia, is one that runs very deep for me. Okay, it's a once in a lifetime, huh? You couldn't do this in five years, ten years. You couldn't do it. Well, okay. got it. Got it. I do like that. Uh, you know, uh, the Rock is very in tune with his like Polynesian roots. I feel that you know, uh, you know, having some you know different being Greek because I'm cool. You know what I mean? Like connecting with your path. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> how dare you how dare you oh were we on camera (laughs) you know what i mean like but just like connecting with your ancestral history all that kind of stuff yes feels good especially as you get older man and so i i appreciate that but we don't need a remake of moana seven years after the fact we don't need it well listen i like this dwayne the rock johnson i think he seems like a pretty cool guy uh he seems like funny i thought he was great I didn't think that the movie The Jungle Cruise was good. I thought it was a oh, nightmare. God. But I'd rather him- buy 12 NFTs and watch that movie again. <laughs> yeah, and never receive them. Just just I'd rather just give away money. <laughs> yeah. Um I thought his performance in it was good. It was I like him in things I've seen him before. I've never seen the original Moana. I probably won't see the right live action. You have never I'm, I'm good. You haven't dude, I'm serious. No, Watch the, Moana. The music sounds terrible to me. It's not. It's a great. It's great. No, I've I think heard the music's it. great. I won't, I won't put it on Spectra. I hate it. Anytime you I listen to any of those songs, it's terrible. Why don't you just put it on Spectra? People want to hear it. People like it because I got to listen to it. You don't have to listen to it. I'll hear it if it's on Spectra. I'm going to hear it sometimes. I'm not doing. You don't it. like. Yeah. Well, like what a terrible song. No, it's a great song. If you read the lyrics, it's a great song. It's a funny song. Know. It's very funny. I don't think Dwayne Johnson is a good actor. I think he's actually pretty terrible. He's a worse singer. But anyway, that's just me. <laughs> he just seems like a nice guy that I would want to like have a beer with. He he doesn't seem like a nice guy to me. He seems like like kind of more arrogant. I don't know. Oh, I don't really. Yeah, that's the vibe I get Boy. from him. It's that smile. It's the big you were smile. You're singing his Polynesian praises, and all of a sudden you've turned on him. I mean, what? How well, fickle are you? <laughs> pretty fickle. I'll eat corv. Uh, Cravalho, who voiced Moana in the original, will executive produce. It's interesting. She's not like reprising her role, but I guess Moana is what, like a 10 to 14 year old girl and uh, Ali is like, you know, in her early 20s or whatever. She's she's cool. I follow her on Instagram. She's actually very big into activism and and helping her community and stuff like that. She seems like a really cool person. I would love to interview her. Anyway, John Musker. I saw her. She was the narrator at the Candlelight Procession when I went to it at Epcot. Oh, man. Was she great? Just fine. Okay. It was a little too affected. What do you mean? It was like an actor reading, not like a person reading. Ah. It was like 
you know, okay. when there's just like too much in the reading. I, yeah, I get you. I get you. I mean, she's like literally like 22. So I, I'll give her some slack. John I'll Musker give her some flack. <laughs> and Ron Clements. Hey, that's that's the name of the new show. Slack and flack. Slack where and flack. It's like talking point where <laughs> you you are the aggressor and I'm the defender. Point. I'm the hero. Point. Yeah, I'm the hero and you're the villain. I am Prince Eric and you are Ariel. <laughs> Not Ursula. Ariel, right. the true villain of that the movie. Because vi- she identified is. tonight. Because she, she worms her way in. Yeah. She worms her way in. Imagine if someone was stalking you and then suddenly they're sleeping in one of the bedrooms in your house. Dude, it's, 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 you know what it is? It's like, I mean, name any horror movie, right? It's like a uh, hand that rocks a cradle or, uh, or a single white female or something like that, where it's like, you could definitely make that story and turn it into a horror movie. It's absolutely no it reminds me of a lifetime movie where like nightmare nanny where the nanny moves in she's in love with the father kills the wife ingratiates herself with the kids and then eventually kills the kids or tries to it's like we're watching a um a series uh called servant unfortunately it's the m night Shyamalan thing it's very similar to where like the nanny is sort of a, anyway it's great i mean it's not great it's good mm-hmm John Musker and Ron Clements directed the original movie, which has a story by Clements, Musker, Chris Williams, Don Hall, Pamela Ribbon, Aaron Kendall, and Jordan Candell. Or Candell. But Bush was the sole created screenwriter. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people writing the story. Seven people. That's too many. That's usually good. That's usually a bad, a bad sign. <laughs> right. The movie was a hit with audiences and critics, generating over $665 million worldwide and earning an Oscar nomination for Best Animated Movie, losing ultimately to fellow Disney movie Zootopia. Whoa, I didn't <laughs> see that either. Uh, Zootopia is cute. I like Moana better. I think Moana is a better movie. Did Moana's soundtrack get any Oscar nods? I don't know. Let's find out. Billboard Music Award for Top Soundtrack. American Music Award for Favorite Soundtrack, 2017. Lin-Manuel Miranda won a Grammy Award for Best Song Written for Visual Media for How Far I'll Go. Oh, I guess that's a decent song. It's a good song, man. I don't know. You're okay. welcome, you welcome is cute. I, I don't know. It's catchy. I, I don't know. I don't have the hate that you do in your heart. You're right. But online, when this announcement hit, people were less than thrilled. One person wrote, this has to be a joke, right? I mean, I actually really liked it, but this movie is from 2016. It doesn't need a remake. They must have hundreds of new ideas just sitting on their desk. Why spend, first of all, hundreds of thousands of dollars on a remake for a seven-year-old movie? (laughs) This person needs a a, a class in budget management. If you think a, a, a movie costs hundreds of i mean yeah multiple hundreds of thousands there's also a word for that it's called millions it costs literally teens of dollars <laughs> can you imagine going to the store whoa and- these eggs cost six hundred thousand pennies are you <laughs> kidding me hundreds of cents <laughs> <laughs> everything is so expensive it costs hundreds of cents <laughs> i only think in pennies uh, someone else says it's not even been a generation since it came out, which is a very weird benchmark. Like just gener every generation you have to ever. What is that? Uh, well, when when they speak about generations, I, is that is that a thing? Like, doesn't generation mean seven years? I think it's twenty. Movie? I think a generation oh, is twenty it? years. Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm pretty dumb. They added, "Let it age." Has Disney not got enough money? 
No, they're trimming the, <laughs> they're cutting $5.5 billion off, man. I can't make heads or tails of what money they have. They're spending seven, right. they're committing to 17 billion. They're cutting 5.5 billion. The, the parks are, hem- <laughs> uh, parks are making money. Disney plus is hemorrhaging billions. I don't know what that budget's got to be the biggest mess. Like what a balance sheet they've got. Who knows yeah. what's going on? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? Honestly, sort of dawned on me. I think they like it like that because then you can put in stuff like, oh, well, we're going to commit to this much or. Well, we don't really, ha- you know, you can, you can, you can commit to a bunch of stuff, but then you can softly back away and, you know, over time people will forget except you. It is worth looking at just how well these live action remakes or imagineering, um, reimaginings have performed over the years. Uh, to put it bluntly, they have pretty much never failed. At worst, maybe they didn't hit the very high bar Disney had established for itself in this arena. The highest of high bars came in 2019 with The Lion King which was technically animated, but the photorealistic take on the classic animated tale grossed a staggering $1.65 billion, which I did not know, making it one of the highest grossing movies of all times, even though it had uh, mixed reviews from critics. Beauty and the Beast also sailed to more than $1.2 billion in 2017, which I didn't mind. I, I watched it. I, I didn't think it was necessary. It was one of those things where you, you watch and you're like, yeah, it's this, that's the story. It just looks real with a real person. It's not drawn, not hand animated. And I didn't need to see this. I don't need to see it. Didn't I thought it was terrible. Uh, I also fell asleep within 10 minutes. They mm. kn- There was one live action remake that I thought they knocked out of the park. And it's one of my favorite movies. And that's Cinderella. The live action remake of Cinderella is amazing. When did that happen? I don't know. Uh, 2015, I want to say, maybe. twenty. I don't, I, I don't remember it. I don't remember. Oh, it was the best one of all of them by far. Really? Yes, right. it's wonderful. What do you think? Um, what do you think that had that, uh, like Beauty and the Beast or something else? Didn't good actors? Okay, how Lily dare James? You? Um, I love Kate Blanchett, that person who played Beauty and the Beast. I don't know what her name is. I forget her name. Oh, Emma Watson. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah, yeah she's great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Jungle Book also cleared that coveted one billion mark in 2016, which is the same year Moana came out. Even on the low end, Pete's Dragon, which I did not see that remake, uh, may have only earned 143 million, but it also garnered rave reviews and only cost 65 million to produce. So, the point this author is making is these things make money, right? I mean, you know, you can't, you, and that's the thing, you can't look at box office returns and go, "Well, this was a success or not," because you don't have the budget. So Pete's Dragon sucked, but uh, it made made $100 million. So did it suck or was it a profit? Did it matter that no one liked it? No, because it made money. So who cares? I think these things only hurt the actors that are in the movies. I don't really Mm -hmm. think they hurt the studio. You know what I mean? Uh, Other perceived misfires such as Mulan and Cruella can easily be chalked up to bad timing due to the pandemic. Uh, the only legitimate flop in the bunch is Alice Through the Looking Glass, which earned just $290 million against a monster $170 million budget. Tim Burton's Dumbo also didn't perform terribly well, making $353 million against a similar budget. But still, you're making money. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really... Loss. Yeah, on, in one paragraph, you can't justify Pete's Dragon remake. Uh, and then in the second, uh, you know, slam Tim Burton's Dumbo, which made more money. I don't know. Uh, well, it didn't make more profit, though. 
Well, yeah, I mean, because they said similar budget to Alice, which was a $170 million budget versus a $353 million take. I don't know, maybe it didn't. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, now, Bob Iger's back in charge for a couple of years, and his job is to get Disney back in order. He pl- laid out his plans earlier this year, and it's all about leaning into franchises. We're also getting a Toy Story 5 and a Zootopia sequel. So, okay. these sort of tie into the Moana the live action remake. They're, they're, good, they're good business decisions, but I don't really think that they're great like content curation decisions. Toy Story 5, we are getting long in the tooth with this Toy Story thing. Toy Story 4 was not very good. It had great moments, but like I was fine with the way Toy Story 4 ended. And I walked away with that, from that movie going, I could never, and I mean ever, see another Toy Story story and be totally happy. It's fine. We've exhausted the limits of what these toys can do. We don't need to see this anymore. I've never seen one. Yeah, well, and then Lightyear didn't, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I never saw it, but yeah, that got that. I think that did not do well at all. People did not like that movie. Yeah, um, I've never seen one of them, and I'm happy. Oh, they're, they're cute, man. They're cute. They're cute. You got You know what? You got to be in a great mood. Get yourself a box of wine. Watch the first Toy Story. It's cute. Don't go into it thinking it's amazing because right by now, by by today's storytelling standards, it's not. But it's cute. It's funny. There's some good moments. Uh, And based on the numbers, we have every reason to believe there will be an audience for the Moana remake, which is also a key thing for Dwayne Johnson, who absolutely needs a sure thing after what happened with Black Adam, which is a DC movie he recently did that just apparently sucked on roller skates, man. In short, Johnson tried to take over the DC universe, and that takeover failed spectacularly. It damaged his image a bit, and as a result, he needs surefire hits that can make him look bankable and good in the public eye. So this person is saying that the only reason this is happening is because Black Adam tanked and The Rock needs to just go back to something that everybody loved him in. Mm. Which, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't be that cynical about it. I think the timing is just right, but I don't think it's going to hurt anything either. You know what I mean? He's going to do it. He needs a, He wants a project. Disney wants to throw money at it. He wants a project. Who cares what we think? <laughs> right. Uh, Bob Iger is very clear about the fact that they're going to focus heavily on franchises saying quote we will focus even more on our core brands and franchises which have consistently delivered higher returns end quote while few details were revealed sequels to Zootopia Toy Story and Frozen were announced so we're getting a Frozen 3 there you go man basically the point is you know it's not hard to like figure out why it's happening but the fact is do we do we need it do we want it and where's the disconnect between what the fans want and what the studio wants to give us? Because there is a disconnect there. Is there? Yeah. Because all of these movies are making hundreds of mil- hundreds, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Jason. Tens of thousands so of dollars. Want it. They're paying. <laughs> well, it, well, it, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it, it's interesting. I would love to talk to a psychologist about this, about the, the, the pull of nostalgia and the fact that like, even though I think most people in their hearts know that these remakes aren't going to be great, but we're still going to see them. And I've said this before, too, with some movies. Like, I, I don't really want to, but I'll see it. Like Toy Story 5. I don't need to see it. I'm not yearning for it. I will watch it on Disney+. Plus. I'm not going to pay extra money for it. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, the new, the new uh, Marvel movies. I haven't seen a new Marvel movie. I, we just recently watched Thor Love and Thunder, which I think came out a couple years ago. Um, it was okay. I'm not going to pay to watch these movies. Um, I, I don't really know what that means 
for me as a person, but like, yeah, I don't know. People are paying for them because I think they know they're going to be entertained. It's one of those things where like Dis- the Disney brand has a, a specific quality bar to hit. You know, you're, you know, it's going to be good, at least entertaining. It's going to be worth the money. Whether or not it's the greatest movie you've ever seen, yeah, probably not. But right. you're going to spend 20 bucks for an hour and a half and you're going to have a good time. Yeah. I would love to see, I would love to see the company just remake the same movie every three years. <laughs> and just see how much money they can make on it because i guarantee you people would still just go i don't know man watching uh i don't know watching zootopia remake for the fourth time in 2d would be oh, i can't wait you know meanwhile there's things that they do that they have that they don't release that could make easy money and i know it's not the same as a tentpole big release but like the soundtrack to the new disneyland Nighttime Spectacular, Wondrous Journeys. They released the theme song to it, but not from the show. It's just like some person singing. <laughs> but it's like a pop version. Mm. It's like people want the soundtrack to the fireworks. Right. Same with, you know, like they used to release the Main Street Electrical Parade. World of Color. Why is there not a World of Color soundtrack that I can download and buy on iTunes or stream? They could right. make them. These things exist, and they don't release them. People would buy them. I don't understand. But then, like, they keep re-releasing stuff this is what i mean about vr people will pay because ultimately what we want what we want in the parks is the experience of being in the parks without all the people (laughs) that's what we want and if we can get that and this is why people listen to spectraradio.us is because you can you can be pulled back into these parks you can be pulled back into these rides into these experiences without smelling your neighbors and that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Without spending all the money. Okay. And I think that's why I think that's why people like these soundtracks. It's the same thing with these VR things. People want them. What video games do now is you you buy the the base game and they have season and you pay 10 bucks for for a, you know the new season of whatever it is. And you get specific content and at the end of that season it goes away. And there's another one. That's what Disney should be doing with this stuff. But in VR, you pay forty nine ninety five for the portal, and you get into Disneyland. You get the Main Street, you get the Hub, you get everything. And I'm just it's just throwing numbers out, whatever. But then every season you get a new land unlocked, and you can go in there, and you can go in there for as long as you want. You can do whatever you want. You can explore. Wouldn't it be cool if you had a VR Jungle Cruise game where you could stop the boat, get out, and go into the jungle? Maybe that's a maybe that's a story. Maybe that's a side quest. Maybe that, but I'm, I mean, I'm a gamer, so I'm a hardcore gamer. So to me, this is interesting. But maybe you mm. get it out of the boat and you swim to shore, or you jump to shore because it's not very wide, and then you go into the into the jungle and there's a tunnel, and you and there's like a thing to do, and you know what I mean. There's like stuff. I think this it is would be amazing because like none of this sounds at all. I'm like I don't want to do that. If I'm home, I have other things to do. Like what? What do you got to do? I I read a book, yeah. Book reading watch TV. Is go for a walk. I don't know. I have other things. I don't want to do okay. that. I don't want to put a. I don't want to put electronics on my face. I'm in front of screens so much yeah. that when I'm not working, yeah, I don't want to be connected to electronic okay. devices. I mean, that's and that's but for me. That that's sounds fair. like torture. That's fair. But to the the other generation who are behind us, this is what yeah. they. This is what they've sort of grown up on, right? So I'm just saying, it's just a, an idea, just a thing, right? This is it what they can be. be doing. I don't think it seems to be panning out, though. 
which is why at least but I, companies are closing these divisions. It's not working. But I'm saying it's not because of lack of demand. It's lack of commitment on the uh, in the higher echelons like Bob Iger. I think he's too old to be running this company. He doesn't understand what the kids like me are into. <laughs> the terminally online children of the world. <laughs> Aren't you like 46? 45, first of all. Oh. How dare you? All right, let's go. Speaking of getting away from technology, I don't want to be on the screen anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm tired. All right. Thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in and listen to two grown men complaining. Literally, that's the only part of the show, or whatever that guy's review was. It's not, it's, it's not it's honest. the most honest review anyone's ever written. <laughs> yeah. It really is, but you know what? Hey, man. Walks like a duck. Quacks like a duck. Complains like a duck. Yeah, it's true. All right, everybody. Oh, now that LGH uh, comes in, we're going to leave. Don't tell her what we've been talking about, everybody. It's been a secret. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in, everyone. I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, head over to earsup-podcast.com. Check out the new website if you want. You can leave... Jeremy, you can leave a voicemail. I don't know if you saw that on the... um, in the lower right hand corner, you can leave a voicemail. So you can use like your phone's uh, microphone or just a computer microphone, your laptop, or whatever. You can leave a voicemail. I'm going to leave voicemails literally nonstop. I want you to, and we will play them on the show. I guarantee you, I'll play every voicemail anybody ever sends on the show. I can't wait to do a fake one. Like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Bye. <laughs>